0: Good morning. Welcome to our services this morning. Let's start with, We Praise Thee, O God. We're going to stay seated, because I'm going to put these first three all together as one big song. You ready to go, sir? <laughs> <laughs> we praise Thee, O God, for the Son of the.
1: Sunday of 2021, which means it's no longer 2020, which is kind of good to have behind us. Uh, It's good to see everybody here. We have a nice crowd. We welcome everybody that's uh, joining us online. A couple of special announcements. uh, In the online bulletin, we saw where Rick Fidel was out of the hospital, and improving, which is a good thing. and then Bill just handed this to me, Uh, Carrie Coates, who is Dale Blackstone's cousin, is scheduled to have kidney replacement on Tuesday. Uh, She's been on dialysis for years, and the donor is her son, Evan, so I'd like to remember Dale's cousin, uh, Carrie, in our prayers. So a year ago, at this time, who would have thought that 2020 would have been as turbulent as it was? I mean, who could have imagined that? And we as individuals and as a church have faced trials. And I just wanted to share with you a little devotional that a friend of mine sent me entitled "Claim a Larger Blessing." And it comes from uh, Psalms 108:13, where it says, "Through God we will do valiantly." And this is what it says: There are two ways of getting out of a trial. One is to simply try to get rid of the trial and be thankful when it is over. The other is to recognize the trial as a challenge from God, to claim a larger blessing than we have ever had. Sometimes God removes our trials, and it isn't necessarily wrong to ask him to do that. But often they remain, and when they do, we should accept them and ask God to teach us from them. As Peter Marshall, who was a early 19, 1900 evangelist, once put it, God will not permit any troubles to come upon us unless he has a specific plan by which great blessing can come out of the difficulty. It is through the suffering, the tests, and trials of life that we can draw near to God. Another evangelist, A.B. Simpson, once heard a man say something he never forgot. When God tests you, it is a good time for you to test him by putting his promises to the proof and claiming from him, just as much as your trials have rendered necessary. I think that really is appropriate for us. So how does it apply to us? Well, this year I've seen this church respond to trials in a positive way. It was very encouraging last Wednesday night. uh, uh, Several of the young men took part in the worship service, led songs, which I would have never have ever done at that age, led prayers, uh, read scriptures, um, in, and I've seen this church and I've seen us walk with honor and grace in the face of adversity and I think a perfect example is the special contribution that we took up a couple of weeks ago and I want to announce that the final total came in, and we should really all be proud of this, it came in at $278,017. Yeah. Um, so what does this do? This allows us to complete our building project and to address some financial issues that had to be put on hold. Now. We don't know what the future holds, but I feel pretty good about our future here. So let's pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this this new year. We thank you for this opportunity to gather and worship you and for being together. And we pray that, um, that the um, issues of the pandemic will subside and that more of those that, who are joining us online will be able to join us in person. We pray for all those of our family that have been traveling. We pray for this church, the continued growth of it, the leadership, the ministers, especially the uh, youth minister search. We pray a special prayer for Dylan Kingsbury, who was baptized last Sunday, for the continued improvement of Rick Fidel, for Michael Willis, Roger and Deborah Groth, Fred Wingate and his upcoming chemo treatment. We pray for Will Christian's father, Bob, Charles Starr's mother, and for Brian Brown's mother. Father, we pray for our country and our leaders, and we pray for, uh, for them to turn their eyes to you. Father, we pray that in all things, to remember that you will always love us, that you will never forsake us, and that you'll always do what's best for us. We ask this prayer, and we pray that your will be done. In your son's name, amen.
0: and vanity and pride.
2: a little different this morning in our communion I'm going to make a few remarks and after I've done that then we'll partake of the bread I'll say one prayer and we'll take of the bread and then of the fruit of the vine at the same time without a prayer in between I suspect that you're like me you like a good story I liked it when our kids were little And I could hold them and read them a story. I think I liked it better when our grandkids were little. I could hold them and read them a story. And now then God has blessed us and I've got great grandchildren that I'm going to love even more. Telling them stories and reading to them. Kierkegaard was a theologian and writer and he, he had a fairy tale that he told about 300 years ago. And that fairy tale involved a king who was extremely powerful, all-powerful, had all the riches that he could possibly have, had all the power that he could possibly want. And for some unexplained reason, he fell in love with a peasant girl. And he had a dilemma And that dilemma was, how could he get her to love him for who he was as a person and not for what he had? He didn't want to force her love. He didn't want to buy her love. He wanted her love to be genuine for him. As his was for her. And so he came up with an idea. And his idea was, I'm going to meet her on her own level. And so in this fairy tale, he renounces his throne. He gives up his throne. And he assumes the role of a beggar. And he puts on rags and a frayed coat, and then he approaches her. In Kierkegaard's tale, he wasn't just wearing a disguise. He actually exchanged identities, and he did this in order to win the maiden's hand. He recognized that it is only in love That the unequal can be made equal. And that's an interesting fairy tale. But I'll tell you a brief story that's true. That's even better than that fairy tale. It's a story that's found in the Bible. And Paul gives a description of this story in Philippians the second chapter. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. The King of the Universe loved us so much, and he wanted to establish a relationship with us. And so he renounced his King of the Universe being and became a human being and he lived like one of us because he loved us that much and he gave himself on the cross and the only explanation that can be given for this kind of love is grace Grace is God's undeserved burst of generosity. Paul again in Ephesians 2 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgression. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And so we're gathered this morning figuratively around the Lord's table to remember the love that God had for us in coming to earth as Jesus Christ and giving himself for our sins. And so will you pray with me, please. Father in heaven, thank you so much for loving us and for becoming human and for living a perfect, sinless life and for submitting to death on a cross And for being raised from the dead and for being at the right hand of God to intercede for us and all of our humanness. Thank you, Father, for loving us that much. And we remember that as we partake of this communion of the bread that reminds us of the broken body of Jesus Christ on the cross. And the fruit of the vine that reminds us of the blood that was shed for us when he gave himself for our sins. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. And the generosity that this church had in giving such a great gift of money to keep the work of the church going. And we do that every Sunday. We offer a contribution every week to the church. And so, will you bow with me as we offer God our thanks? Father in heaven, we are thankful for the riches that you've given us in Christ Jesus, but we're also thankful for the riches that you've given us uh, in this life as physical human beings. We thank you for living in a nation that's free. We thank you for having incomes and for having the standard of living that we do. We're so thankful for that. Father, we are mindful that there are a lot of people that are less fortunate than we are, and we pray that you will help us to have open and generous hearts in giving to the cause of Christ in this congregation, that we can spread your word and that we can offer help to those in need. And bless us as we give. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen.
0: you wouldn't stand with me as we sing before Bill's less than if you are part of the blast program, you may be dismissed at this time. I stand.
3: sure that's in there somewhere. Um, Happy New Year. What a blessing to be on this side of 2020. Or as we especially like to say it, Happy 2021. That's the significant part for I think most all of us today. Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Um, I think for most everyone, happiness is 2020 in the rearview mirror. And I share apologies to uh, Texas Tech, to Lubbock Christian, to Sunset International School of Biblical Studies, uh, to everyone else associated with Lubbock, Texas, and to especially to Mac Davis, great late, as of this past year, songwriter and singer, um, who had that wonderful song, I thought happiness was Lubbock, Texas, in my rear view mirror. You would have been very disappointed if I had not sung that. I know. I just know. Um, But that was a real song, one of his big hits. Happiness was Lubbock, Texas in the rearview mirror. And hang in there with me if you're connected with Lubbock, uh, because I'll mention how that 1980 song of his ends before the close of this sermon. No fair Googling it. At least not right now. Most everyone knows that we are far from out of the woods as we turn the page to 2021. But I think one thing we can appreciate, a new year lends itself to a fresh start. I think we get that (laughs) this year, perhaps more than any in quite some time. A new year lends itself to a fresh start and so we sing as we have today, revive us again, revive us again, Lord. We sing and we pray as we have today, light the fire in my soul, fan the flame, Lord, make me whole. You know just where I've been, so light the fire in my heart again. Today is a great opportunity for that to happen. This year, this month is a great opportunity for that to happen. A new year lends itself to a fresh start. So here we are, 2021, finally, (laughs) finally. But you probably woke up on New Year's Day, realized that not much had changed yet. Not much will probably change for a while. And some things may never change, but a new year lends itself to a fresh start because here's what can change. You can change and I can change. As we look ahead to this year, we can ask ourselves, what is it that God needs to work on in me to light the fire in my heart again? What does God need to do in me to revive me again so that I can be a part of his work with my church family and others to revive us again. A new year lends itself to a fresh start. So let's talk about that fresh start and along with what has already been read by Wayne as we gathered around the table, we'll be in the book of Philippians. As he shared from that great and marvelous passage in Philippians 2. We'll look at a couple of passages in Philippians 3 and 4. The first one in chapter 4 as we speak of this unemotional fresh start. A new year lends itself to a fresh start. And so the first aspect I want us to consider about that fresh start today is that it is an emotional fresh start. Philippians chapter 4, this wonderful and familiar passage, beginning in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love what our shepherd Grant Knight shared before our prayer in our shepherd's prayer time as he told that story and talked about looking for that larger blessing and seeing it in spite of the difficulty of the situation, but rather seeing it because of the difficulty of the situation. And I think that is exactly Paul's perspective here. It's the only thing that makes sense (laughs) when he says rejoice in the Lord always, not just when times are good, but even when they're not. And because of faith, we can do that. People without faith cannot do that. They can only rejoice when the external circumstances and situation lend itself to good things, to joy, to hope. For the Christian, however, we can rejoice always because we rejoice in the Lord. And so we look to Him to answer our prayers and we look to Him for that larger blessing, the blessing of peace in the midst of storm. Not in the absence of storm, but even in the very midst of it, in some ways, even because of it. As we look at this passage and we hear Paul say rejoice in the Lord always we we realize where he's coming from and as he writes these words he's under house arrest in Rome as best we can tell waiting for his appeal to the emperor to Caesar himself who will give a thumbs up or a thumbs down and will say to Paul you can live or you can die and he did not know for sure which way the emperor would rule he had a feeling he would be released And as best we can tell, historically, Luke doesn't tell us, but as best we can tell, he was. But not the next time. The next time he faced Caesar, Nero said death. And Paul was beheaded. But I don't think his words would have been any different. He would have said the same thing Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. There's a lot of things in this world that bring us anxiety, and as Christians, we don't deny that, and we don't pretend that it's some Pollyanna world that's better than it actually is. This world is this world, and simply because we're people of faith, we're not spared the difficulties that people face being human in this world. In fact, sometimes our faith brings more suffering upon us, not less. But again, we go back to what Paul said. In the midst of that, we can have an emotional fresh start. We can look at this differently than the way the world sees it because we can rejoice in the Lord always. There's nothing the current circumstances can do to take that away from us. We've been sharing, or we began sharing in our Family Life Center class this morning a book by Amy Morin called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. And as we shared about it this morning, we contrasted a healthy grieving of a loss with either denying it outright or going the other extreme and having a permanent pity party to celebrate our difficulty. Paul does neither. He acknowledges the difficulty, says it specifically in chapter 1 of Philippians. I may not get through this. But he also says in Philippians 1, if if that's what happens, I'm okay with that because for me to live is Christ, and I figure that's what's going to happen. But if that's not, if I'm wrong, for me to die is gain. It's not loss. It's gain. It's difficult, and it's suffering, and we mourn. But as Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, we do not mourn like those who have no hope. It's an emotional fresh start. It's looking at things differently than the way we did before Christ. If we are in the Lord, then we should see these things differently than if there were no God. Jesus himself faced his own death. And in those chapters, as he shared with his disciples... Starting in John 13 until his prayer and through his prayer in John 17, he reminded them and us again and again and again about joy and peace and hope. (laughs) Even though he kept telling them, look, this is not going to go well for me tonight and it's not going to go well for you either. But I'm telling you this so that you can still have joy. I'm telling you this so that you will still have hope. Because the things that are about to happen to me, Jesus says, and the things that are going to happen to you, they cannot take away our hope and they cannot take away our joy. A new year lends itself to a fresh start. First of all, an emotional fresh start. But secondly, today, a new year lends itself to a fresh start, a mental fresh start. And I want to say a word, I believe that most of all of our teachers and students and families are going to be dealing with school again starting tomorrow, some perhaps a little bit later. And so we want to acknowledge what a great, great blessing you are in our community and in our church and in our families, and we will pray for you. And this will be a school year that will continue to share the difficulties and the opportunities of the fall. And we appreciate your work. It is a mental fresh start when we start a new year. And so we continue reading in Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely... Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. He had just said that if we take our anxieties and our cares and our worries and our fears to God in prayer, that he has promised us the peace that doesn't make sense. The peace that surpasses all understanding and comprehension because it's not a peace that is based on God taking all of those difficulties and fears and worries away. It is simply God exercising his presence in our lives in a very real way in the midst of all of those things. And so that emotional fresh start and that prayer leads us to a mental fresh start where we control what we think. I like to think of it, and I've heard this illustrated this way, as like your computer, like your laptop or your cell phone when you're online. And there may be a pop-up ad that comes up or something like that, but you don't have to stay there. You can click on it and, and it's gone. And then you can get back, ultimately, <laughs> to what you wanted to look at. Well, I think the same thing is true in our mind. There are going to be things that pop into our heads. Satan is very real. And he knows that if he can get us to think negatively when it comes to God and faith and life, then he's got us. And so he's going to put those thoughts into our head that are not any of those things that Paul just said. But we don't have to let our minds stay there. We can click on that little X in our minds and then we can get back to God and his word and his blessings. And we can think on things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable. We can think on those things. We can have a mental fresh start. Bill, that sounds really hard. How are we ever going to do that? Well, that's where verse 13 of Philippians 4 comes in. Probably one of the first verses you ever memorized. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We can do that. We can claim that larger blessing. We can concentrate on things that are positive and good without denying the reality of the things that are difficult. Not saying that at all. Scripture nowhere tells us to do that. It just tells us don't let those things define you. Be defined by the fact that God created you in his image. Be defined by the fact that of what we've sung about today, that God in his love and mercy and grace sent his own son and gave himself for us. Gave himself for you. So that these bad things that go on in your life don't have to define you. What can define you is life because of an empty tomb. We can have an emotional fresh start. We can have a mental fresh start. Our friends that are watching us online and worshiping with us as a part of our worshiping family and community today continue to be a a great blessing to us. And we're saddened. One of of the things we talked about in class this morning is that there were a lot of losses in 2020. Uh, Certainly a loss of life and our hearts break for those who've lost loved ones due to the novel coronavirus. Loss of jobs, loss of income, loss of opportunities, loss of wonderful plans and dreams and goals. Some have seen their senior year go (laughs) to the virus Some have seen their freshman year in college, their first year of marriage. It's been a a year where we did suffer significant physical and emotional losses. And so we grieve those losses. We grieve them, that is for sure. But we don't let them define us. And one of the ways that we counter that is by finding the opportunities that we have now that we wouldn't have had were it not for this challenge. I think of all of the things that we're doing now that we weren't doing a year ago <laughs> because we were forced into it and we had to think outside the box a little bit and we had to redesign and refocus and, and ask ourselves, okay, what what is God's mission for us? What is he calling us to do? And how can we do that? Because we're going to have to do it differently than we thought. But that's okay because the methods are not set in stone. The mission and the purpose, that's set in stone. But how to accomplish that is based on our time and place and situation and circumstances. So let's figure out how we do that. And to a great extent, because of God's wondrous blessing. Because of your patience and commitment, as we've already shared about this morning, we have done that. We have done that because of all of our friends online, connected with us now that perhaps wouldn't have been otherwise. We've done that. We're not meeting this evening, but starting next Sunday, not tonight, I'll start up another Sunday afternoon, evening class that's going to be focusing on Mark, the gospel of Mark. And I'll show that on my Facebook page at, at 4 p.m. and then it will show broadcast on our website, on our live stream page to broadcast at 6 p.m. every Sunday night. So those of you who have always felt like that six o'clock was the scriptural time for Sunday night service, this, this is your favorite thing. <laughs> You can click on the big blue box on our website, westerwind.com, and go to social media and resources, click down to where it says live streaming page, go down to that big blue box, and at 6 p.m. because of the wonderful Terry Frick and others, it will magically appear, Bill's lesson on the gospel of Mark. This coming Tuesday, I begin a new series of lessons, also on my Facebook live page at 3 p.m. We'll be looking at the book of Colossians, focusing on the greatness and the, supreme, the supremacy, the preeminence of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. After those classes, they will also be found on our West Irwin Church of Christ uh, Facebook pages and also on our website at westirwin.com. And, and again, you scroll over to where it says social media and resources, then you scroll down and you click on the live streaming page and you go down a little bit and you, you click on video archives. And you look on video archives and there's more sermons that Bill has on there. than If you are an insomniac, you, this is your lucky day. Because you can go a long time without running out of new things to hear to gently drift off to sleep on. There are lessons from several years there. And each week, each Tuesday afternoon, Thursday afternoon, Sunday night, those lessons will be put on that archive page. There's all kinds of opportunities for us to have. We weren't doing that before. We would put our lessons on there, our sermons, our worship services on there. The sermons would stay, but all this other stuff is new. Donnie Carnathan continues his class on Zoom this evening. At 5 p.m. And if you want more information about that, then you can give him a call and ask him. Our college and young adults are are having a hybrid class. They're having class in person in the classroom across the parking lot. But they're also, David and Marla Canifax are are doing it on Zoom as well for those who are not comfortable coming to class yet in that college young adult age. What What a great blessing. We weren't doing that a year ago. But we're doing that now. There are all kinds of opportunities for you to have a fresh start. We're still having our Sunday morning Bible classes. I mentioned mine in the Family Life Center, the college young adults in their classroom. Donnie Carnathan is in here using a book by Willard Tate called Learning to Love. What a great study that he is just now beginning. Sunday mornings at 9 a.m there are wonderful opportunities for a mental fresh start. Lots of them. And we want you to know about them, and we want our friends that are online to know about them, and we want you to participate in everything that you can, everything that you feel comfortable doing from a physical safety perspective, but also being willing to take that next step and continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul said it in Ephesians 4, Jesus in Matthew 12. You can control what comes in your mind. You can control what your heart tells you to say, as Jesus says in Matthew 12, and what your heart and your mind tell you to do. A new year lends itself to a fresh start, an emotional fresh start, a mental fresh start. And then thirdly this morning, yes, a spiritual fresh start. And this is the best news of all. This is the news we celebrated as we gathered around the table. And as Wayne reminded us of this amazing, wonderful love and grace that has saved us, the body of Christ given for us and broken the blood of Christ shed for us. The apostle Paul knew that as well as anyone. And what he says is, if I can have a spiritual fresh start, so can you. Philippians 3, beginning at verse 7. As he speaks autobiographically, telling his story, he speaks about his life as a Jewish leader, the point man for the Jewish Uh, persecution of the Christians, the church that Jesus started, until that day when Jesus came to him face to face on the road to Damascus, when Ananias came to him in the city and said, what are you waiting for, Paul? Get up and be baptized and wash your sins away. And so Paul Verse 10, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection, participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, we are just like the Apostle Paul. When he was Saul of Tarsus, there were good things and bad things in his life. And as he looked back and he said, forgetting those things that are behind, he was talking about good things and bad things. He was talking about things that he did that were good and right and things that he did that we're wrong and that we're counter to God's will. And we have those same things in our lives. And so we push forward to get ahead, not ahead the way the world sees it. But this one thing I do, as he says, I press on. I press on to win that ultimate prize, that ultimate goal, eternal life with my creator, being a part of that heavenly chorus gathered around the throne of God for eternity. He says, I have given up on the righteousness that comes from Paul. For the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. And that's that marvelous passage that Wayne shared in Philippians 2, starting in verse 5. Let this mind be in you. Let this, have this attitude. Treat each other this way the way that Christ treated you, who though being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped and to hold on to, but emptied himself, made himself nothing, took upon himself human form, and not just any human, but a servant, and experienced the death that humans experience, and not just any death, death on a cross. He did that for you and he did that for me so that we could have the righteousness that comes from God that is by faith. Paul in the book of Romans fleshes that out in such a marvelous, important, incredible, challenging way. And this time next Sunday, we will begin a series of sermons on the book of Romans. What a great, I've been looking forward to this literally for years here. Righteousness living in 2020. Twenty-one. What does that look like? The book of Romans will tell us. Jesus himself said, you can have a spiritual fresh start to Nicodemus being born again of water and spirit. Through his apostles, through the writers of scripture, his message, his gospel goes out. You can have a spiritual fresh start no matter what's in your past. It can be different, can be forgiven. And you can allow God to use those successes and those failures in your past to accomplish his will and to serve and help and love others. A spiritual fresh start. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf. That God did span at Calvary, at Golgotha, at the cross. So as we close today, I want to remind us of this great passage in 2 Corinthians 5 with these words. The old 2020 has gone. (laughs) Woohoo! Have I said that already? The old 2020 has gone. The new 2021 has come. And you say, well, Bill, so far it doesn't look that much different. Well, I get that. (laughs) That part's up to you, actually. That part's up to me. In 2 Corinthians 5, filled with the call to be ambassadors for Christ, to call on, to plead, to beg with others, be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, Paul says this incredible statement, in verses 16 and 17, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Second Corinthians 5:17. therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. And that happens not just every single year. It happens not even just every single day. It happens every single moment. That's the God that we serve. That's that continual cleansing through the blood of Christ of all of our sins as the apostle whom Jesus loved says in 1 John 1 verse 7. Doubtful we'll ever feel about 2020 the way Mac Davis did about Lubbock, Texas. Do you remember that song and how it ends? I had thought that happiness was Lubbock, Texas in the rearview mirror, but now I know after having lived a while He writes, but I know that happiness is Lubbock, Texas, getting nearer and dearer. Yeah, not so much on 2020, (laughs) maybe Lubbock, but we can say, we can say that as we look to this year ahead, we all realize that right now, January 3rd, 2021, is a great time for a fresh start. I am resolved to go to the Savior, to enter the kingdom. I am resolved to have an emotional fresh start, a life of joy and peace. I am resolved to have a mental fresh start, committing today to think on these things. I am resolved today to have a spiritual fresh start, pressing on confidently with the righteousness that comes from God. This morning, if we can help you do those things, come as we stand, sing our song together.
0: I have resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's
4: Thank you for this day. Thank for allowing us to see another day we never seen before, dear Father. Yes, dear Father, 2021 is finally here. Dear Father, we just we thank you, though Father, for 2020, for it has taught me, dear Father, that to trust in you, no matter what goes on, to trust in you and dear Father. So, in 2021, I want us to trust in you through. When, we, when I can't see, dear Father, I want to trust in you. When my heart struggles to love, I want to trust in you, dear Father. Help us to trust in you no matter what goes on in 2021. But we do know that there will be peace and there will be joy trusting in you. And, dear Father, as we go into our work week, Monday, let us be a light. And let us trust in you. And let us be guided by your heart that we may see others the way you see them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.